Welcome to the Last Christian Radio Show with your hosts, Brother J.D. Williams and Brother T.L. Farley. It's now time to grab your Bible as prophecy brings into focus the events playing out on the world stage at incredible speed, right before our very eyes, and exactly as was foretold. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Last Christian Radio Show. I really do appreciate each and every one of you being here tonight. My name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, and joining me there in the Dallas area is Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. And Terry, tonight I'm going to tell the world, get ready, World War III's coming. Okay, I'm going on the record right off the top. I'm going to tell you that we are on the brink of World War III. Go ahead and say hello to everybody and whatever you want to say, and then I'm going to prove it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, hello, everybody. I mean, if it's going to be World War, uh, it, was, it was nice knowing all of you. There you go. And, uh, there you go. I, I, hope, I hope to see you in heaven, trust in Jesus, and we'll meet on the streets of glory. Amen. And, you know, uh, there's no guarantee that uh, Christians are going to be exempt from the first part of this stuff. I'm just going to tell you. You know, I don't want y'all to get get excited and say, oh, he just called a shot. We're, we're going to get raptured tomorrow or tonight or right now or whatever. No, I didn't call a shot on the rapture. I called a shot on on World War III. All right, so let's just, let's go ahead and, and get into this and get a, kind of get a, an idea as to why I'm saying what I'm saying, okay? Um, this was actually published today, January the 21st. And this is from the Associated Press. Pretty good source, wouldn't you think? Okay, uh, the leader of the far-right Danish political party, this is called um, Stram Kurz. Um, now, he was outside the embassy in Stockholm, Sweden, today, uh, Sweden bracing for demonstrations that could complicate its efforts to persuade Turkey to approve its NATO ascension. A far-right activist from Denmark received permission from the police to stage a protest on Saturday outside the Turkish embassy where he intends to burn the Quran. And I can tell you he did that. Okay, This far-right activist, he, uh, he did receive permission from the police to stage the protest outside the Turkish embassy in Stockholm. And Turkish Defense Minister Hulski Akar, I don't know if I said that right, for whatever that means, uh, said that the scheduled January 27th visit by his Swedish counterpart uh, was no, would no longer be held, and, and that it had no importance at this particular point because Sweden continued to allow disgusting demonstrations against Turkey. Now, remember, Turkey is a NATO nation, Terry. They're a part of NATO, even though they are NATO in name only, as far as I can tell, mm -hmm. but they are still mm -hmm. a part of it. Now, um, Johnson tweeted that he had met ACAR on Friday in Ramstein, Germany, where they agreed to postpone the meeting. He said that relations with Turkey are very important for Sweden, and we look forward to continuing the dialogue on common security and defense issues at a later date. Now, if Turkey does not vote uh, for Sweden, then Sweden cannot be a part of NATO. And it doesn't seem like that uh, Turkey's real interested in them becoming a member of NATO. And that, of course, weakens the West, any way you look at it. So go ahead, Terry. What, what do you have on, on that one? Yeah, that doesn't take a whole lot to see. Uh, Turkey isn't trying to help the West. No. They're, you know, they're like a Democrat in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's becoming Did more like and more. Did you like that one? I've yeah. got, listen, I've got more of those. Well, that, that's becoming <laughs> evident. I'll, I'll throw in a, another piece of breaking news that only happened hours ago, and that's here in the United yeah. States of America. Our president, uh, Joe Biden, has a chief of staff, and his name is Ron Klain. It's spelled K-L-L. A-I-N. Now, if you've never heard of this guy, it's because I've never heard of him either. Okay, I mean, as, as far as I know, until I saw his picture tonight, I had no idea Biden even had, well, yeah, I knew he had a chief of staff, but I sure as heck didn't know what he looked like 
But I do now. And he has, has announced that he's going to step down. He's going to step down. Um, and some of the um, experts are calling this guy the greatest chief of staff since Reagan's chief of staff. Okay. Well, no, he's not the great. He, I'll tell you what he is. He's he's the he's great at taking our money and not doing anything because the only people that have really done anything to help Joe Biden have been. Uh, let's see. CNN, the New York Times, MSNBC, I could go on and on and on. Every mm -hmm. major uh, lamestream media source mm -hmm. has been the thing that has protected Joe Biden, not this mm -hmm. guy. I mean, he's got nothing yeah. to do. But uh, one report I did see, and I'm sorry I didn't write the source down, but I can tell you it's out mm -hmm. there. So if you dig for it, you'll mm -hmm. find it. They're saying the mm -hmm. reason that he's resigning is because of the problems that are, have developed with the paperwork, with those classified documents mm -hmm. that they continue mm -hmm. to find on the president. He mm -hmm. wants no part of this stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. and that's the reason that he wants to step down. He has announced that he's probably not going to do that until after the State of the Union. And that's assuming that Joe Biden knows, you know, can actually pull off a State of the Union. I'm not so sure. Okay, there's more. There's a lot more. This comes out of Moscow, Terry. This is a... Well, is that Moscow, I don't <laughs> no, this is Moscow, Russia. Okay, yeah, this this is Moscow, Russia. Um, this is an ally of President Vladimir Putin has warned NATO that a defeat of Russia in the Ukraine could trigger a nuclear war, while the head of the Russian Orthodox Church said that the world would end if the West tried to destroy Russia. Now, I got a lot more in this report, and I'm going to, I'm going to continue it, but I, I want your thoughts on that. Well, you know, first of all, you know, uh, the world can't go on forever. It's going to have to end somewhere. Right. <laughs> well, it's going to end when God says it's going to end, though. That's the thing. That's yeah. right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we can, you know, they, the Russian Orthodox Church can get work, all worked up about it, and they can say, you know, the nuclear war. God said he ends the world. He didn't say Russia nuclear weapons in the world. He didn't say That's America right. ends the world. He said the world ends when he ends the world. So Maybe. I'm not really worried about the fact of a world being around or not being around. Again, personal mm -hmm. opinion, but based mm -hmm. on the Bible, which I say is more mm -hmm. factual than anything else that anybody wants to put in front of me. Maybe. I'm going to take the Bible every time 100 percent of the time Amen. so Amen. before i get more into that report i think it's important to play a clip because this is something that i'm gonna i'm gonna venture a guess that people in the united states haven't heard this yet okay mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just it's just a guess maybe i'm wrong if so put it in the comments you know by the way if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel please do uh, we appreciate it. Uh, the, the channel is growing. We need your help to get the Word of God out. Uh, I was happy to see that one of the biggest uh, response areas from our last few shows has come from Russia. Our listening base in Russia is really growing. It's growing quickly, and I think it's because of some of the stuff that's going on. But anyway, listen to this. It's something that you probably haven't heard before, but this is very real. And the Al-Tanf base, it's in eastern Syria, near Syria's borders with Iraq and Jordan. And three drones today. Now, some call them suicide drones. Some call them kamikaze drones. We've got a lot of opinions on that in our comments section, no doubt. But nevertheless, three unmanned drones packed with explosives were flown into that military base. Now, thankfully... No one was killed. No U.S. No US soldiers were injured or killed. But two Syrian opposition fighters at the base who are aligned with U.S. troops, they were injured. Apparently they're okay, but they were injured in this attack. Two of the drones were shot down, according to the U.S. military, but one struck a building inside the base area. And there you have it, folks. Now, of course, 
so far we don't have a clear indication of who was behind it at least according to the official record and official statements coming out of the US military but it's pretty clear folks that the Iranian regime engineered this attack it follows a string of similar attacks against not only that Altanf base and recent attacks by the way against not only that base but US forces and US assets throughout Syria and Iraq. More on that in a second, the Iranian smoking gun, no pun intended, but you might say, why are U.S. forces in Syria? Now we've got, I think, two or 3,000 in Iraq next door. There's about 900 U.S. troops in Syria, and folks, they are there, according to the Pentagon, to train Syrian opposition forces to fight against ISIS and other jihadis in Syria. I mentioned how two of those Syrians were injured in this drone strike today. Now, ISIS has largely been crushed in Syria. Still a threat, no doubt. We can't go to sleep when it comes to the ISIS threat. But largely, that caliphate has been smashed, crushed. And ISIS is not, by a long shot, the greatest threat in Syria today. But guess who is? The Iranian regime. That's correct. The Iranian regime, uh, they've been a pain in our butt since, what, 1980? Something, yeah. something yep. in there. Um, yep. That's when it started getting bad, yeah. Right. But, uh, okay, so how, is this, how does all this tie into prophecy? Well, I believe that it ties into Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1, okay? Because before I even put it up on screen, some, people need to understand something. And that is, this attack that he was just talking about, this wasn't an attack on some campsite in Syria that had a few American troops, you know, that were located with other troops from other countries or whatever. That's not the case. This was an attack by drones and by Iran or one of their proxy fighters, an attack on a United States of America base. This is a place where our soldiers are. Okay, now I'm going to ask a question for people, and Terry, I'll, I'll let you answer this however you want to, but I'm putting this out there for a, a broad-based discussion of people listening, and that is if under President Donald J. Trump, someone instigated an attack on a United States base anywhere in the world, do you think he would have had something to say or do? He would have responded between the dessert and the last drink. I mean, I'm telling you, he would have, yeah, absolutely. There's no question. And that's why it didn't happen very often. Because the first few times it happened, his response set the table. And everybody relaxed and said, you know what? Hands off during this administration. Yeah. And they did. Well, if you remember Soleimani, he was the uh, head of uh, one of the terrorist organizations over there. Trump took him out. Okay. Also, yeah. I want you to remember uh, under Barack Obama, he said, you know, there's nothing we really, really can't do anything about this, about this ISIS caliphate. You know, what, do you, what is it going to take, a magic wand? Well, where yeah. are they now? Donald Trump took them yeah. out. It seemed like he took them out in the yeah. first year he was in office. They're still there. Yeah. Okay, they're still there. There's remnants. Yeah. Okay, but they're not yeah. they're not a country like what they had before. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. I want you to compare that with the response of our United States president. And the reason I say the response of the United States president is because we hadn't had a word from the United States president. We hadn't had a word mm -hmm. from the White House. Okay, the mm -hmm. only thing we got is this. This is it. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is out of Tampa, Florida yesterday, this morning. Three one-way attack drones attacked the At-Tarif garrison in Syria. Two of the drones were shot down by coalition forces, while one struck the compound, injuring two members of the Syrian Free Army Partner Force who received medical treatment. No U.S. injury, no U.S. forces were injured. And he goes on to quote it here. It says, attacks of this kind are unacceptable. They place our troops and our partners at risk and jeopardize the fight against ISIS. That was uh, uh, Joe Bussino, I guess, B-U-C-C-I-N-O. He is uh, the spokesperson for CENTCOM. But show me in that message, and, and believe it or not, people, that is the only thing that's been issued by the United States of America since this attack on a U.S. facility. 
not a Syrian facility, not an Israeli facility, no, just a, a straight up United States of America base. Show me in there where it says they're going to do anything or even hint at doing anything. Show me in that statement yeah. where it says that. Mm. You see it, Terry? It's terrible, I'm telling you. I, I don't even like to listen to anything that comes out of their office or their, their administration. That's because sitcom. Because there isn't anything they ever say that's right. Yeah. That's sitcom. Okay? That's a central command. That's what central sitcom yeah. stands for. That is the United sure. States central command basically saying, Un oh, well, you know, they shot at us. They, that, said, yeah. it, they said it was unacceptable. Yeah. Well, excuse me, please. Oh, good grief. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so I got another one. Now, all this is leading, again, this happened in Syria. Syria is, is a hotbed right now. But in Syria is the city of Damascus, the oldest city in the world. And in mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter 17, Terry, if you don't mind, read that. The burden against Damascus, Isaiah 17, verses 1 through 3. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aurora are forsaken. They will be for flocks which lie down, and no one will make them afraid. The fortress also will cease from Ephraim, the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They will be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. And which, again... All this ties into the war, into the Third World War that I, that I now say is imminent. And by imminent, mm -hmm. I don't mean tomorrow, but I mean it's coming. Mm -hmm. And the way that things are, have been progressing, the speed of things that have been happening, and we've covered that on show after show after show, how things are going faster and faster and faster. The day is coming where Israel says enough is enough, and they take out mm -hmm. Damascus. And the reason they take it out is because that is the transfer point for all of the, the weaponry that is going into the regions around Israel. In other words, uh, Iran sends all of these weapons through the Damascus airport and then distributes them to people like Hamas and other terrorist organizations to use against Israel. And they now have tens of thousands of missiles already aimed at Israel. So you got Benjamin Netanyahu. He don't play. Okay, he's going to no. take care of Israel, and I yes, feel like that the time is coming when you're going to see Damascus gone. You will see, just as the Bible prophesied, and again, I, I make it as a factual statement that Damascus will be destroyed, and I make that yeah. factual statement based not on the media, you know, not on what's going on around the world, not on threats any country wants to make. I make that factual statement because God himself said that was going to happen. Look it up in the Bible. That's Isaiah mm -hmm. chapter 17. All you got to do is look at verse 1, and you know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And Damascus has never in its history been desolate, been destroyed. And again, the oldest, yeah. oldest city in the world. Okay, let's continue because, again, we're, we're getting into this. World War III is coming. I'm saying it. I'm calling the shot now. World War III is coming. Hopefully we're not here for it, but it's coming. Listen to this one. Israel's Foreign Minister Eli Cohen, new foreign minister, part of this new government led by Benjamin Netanyahu, he held a call today with his Ukrainian counterpart, the Ukrainian Foreign Minister, and Eli Cohen pledged to visit Ukraine. Now you might say, well, what's the big deal? A lot of leaders, world leaders, have visited Ukraine over the past 11 months, but this will be the highest ranking Israeli leader to visit Ukraine during that time span. So it's a very major deal. Again, this is the foreign minister, one of the top, top officials in this new Israeli government. Not only that, Eli Cohen pledged that Israel would reopen its embassy in Kyiv. Now over the past 11 months, Israel has had sort of a temporary embassy in Poland with people kind of shuttling back and forth, but he's promising within the next 60 days a full-time reopening of the Israeli embassy in Kyiv. Now, a few things to consider here. Number one, Ukraine has been very critical of Israel over the months 
because Ukraine has wanted, in particular, Iron Dome, Israel's missile defense system, to defend against Russian missile attacks. They've wanted all sorts of Israeli military hardware, and essentially they've wanted Israel to take a more publicly pro-Ukraine position. And they were also not too happy when Eli Cohen, the brand new foreign minister, one of his first calls upon taking office was with the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, about two weeks ago. Ukraine wasn't happy about that. Ukraine has even taken some not-so-friendly stances toward Israel at the UN over the past few months. So there has been tension there, uh, no doubt. Why is Israel kind of keeping, I don't want to say complete arm's length from Ukraine, but again, striking that delicate balance. Israel has provided a good deal of humanitarian aid to Kyiv, no doubt. It's all about Syria, folks. It's real simple. Uh, and we talked about this on yesterday's Watchman Newscast live stream. We went for an hour live and we took your questions. So be sure to check that out in our archives under newscasts. For Israel, remember, Russia controls the skies above Syria at Israel's doorstep. Why is Syria so crucial to Israel's national defense? Well, the Iranian regime and Hezbollah, as we have detailed many, many times here on the newscast, are attempting to set up shop in Syria at Israel's doorstep, attempting to transit advanced weapons through Syria into the hands of Hezbollah, and essentially have a forward base, a beachhead, from which they can strike the Jewish state. They want to duplicate in Syria what they have established in southern Lebanon with Hezbollah. Just a reminder there, folks, Hezbollah wields some 150,000 rockets and missiles pointed at every inch of the Jewish state. Not only that, thousands, tens of thousands of foot soldiers and every intent to invade the Galilee in that coming war with Israel. So a nightmare situation in southern Lebanon. Iran and Hezbollah, again, want to copy that in Syria. Israel says no way. That's a red line for us. So you've seen hundreds upon hundreds of Israeli airstrikes against Iranian and Hezbollah assets in Syria over the past decade. Plus, Benjamin Netanyahu, the brand new, once again, Israeli prime minister, he was the architect of that Israeli, they call it the war between wars policy in Syria. So you better believe that now that Bibi is prime minister once again, he's going to ramp up attacks against Iran in Syria once again. And again, you see why this is so important when we're talking about Syria. And mm -hmm. remember, I've, I've said this on numerous shows, that the United States will protest. They'll jump up and down. They'll go to the UN and, you know, try to get resolutions against them when they get ready to move against Israel. And I think that the attack on the U.S. base, again, I, I just can't get over it. This is over on the United States of America base. And we do nothing except say this is unacceptable? Seriously? Okay, now that should give you an idea as to what we're going to do when countries line up to go against Israel, but we're not involved. You know, we don't have any military there and apparently have no interest there. Do you really think that we're going to say, oh, here is Superman to the rescue? Do you really think that's going to happen, Terry? Well, I don't think it's going to happen. I <laughs> oh, I don't. I know it's not going to no. happen. You know, no. and again, no. another reason I know it's going to not going to happen is because that's what God said. I go again. I go yeah. to the Bible that this military coalition, which we're going to discuss more in the second half of the show, by the way, when this comes together, nobody is going to come to Israel's aid. No one. The Bible says so. This is going mm -hmm. to be done, and the world may protest. And from what mm -hmm. I understand, the Bible does mention Saudi Arabia protesting. And the reason, mm -hmm. you know, I think the reason that the Bible mentions Saudi Arabia is because, you know, it was, no, it, it was known territory back then. Mm -hmm. uh, when the Bible mm -hmm. was written, um, I don't even think they discovered gravity yet. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but, I, you know, I don't, th I don't think anybody had actually called it yet, you know. And, yeah. But they knew who Saudi Arabia was. You know, yeah. so anyway, the Bible is very specific about the countries that will be involved. And if it's if it's not involved, if you're not involved, they don't mention it. And when the Bible is mm -hmm. silent, what we're supposed to do, Terry, anytime the Bible is silent, what are we supposed to do? Remain silent. 
Amen. So I have no idea what happens to the United States of America. I don't know if you know we get hit with an EMP, electronic magnetic pulse, or if we get hit by a nuclear weapon. When the, you know, I mean, I, Terry and I joked about this, and I, I hate to say joke, but we really did. We joked about it off offline that you know when they when they shoot a missile. Let's say they shoot one. It could come from North Korea, come from Russia, come from China, come from anywhere. When they shoot a missile, we have minutes, not days, weeks, or whatever. We've got minutes to make a decision as to what to do. So can you imagine with me for just a moment that someone goes in and they say, Mr. President, Iran just fired a nuclear weapon. It's going to be here in 13 minutes. What do you want us to do? Okay, that silence, that silence that you heard there, that's exactly what his response would be, in my opinion. Uh, and that is a scary thought. So I want you all to keep that in mind as we go into the second half of the show. For those of you that uh, are losing us now, please look us up on YouTube and subscribe if you can. It would really help us out. Other than that, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Well, for some of you listening to stations that do not carry the second half of the last Christian radio show, we have reached the end of this edition. We ask that you join us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for another edition of the last Christian radio show. For everyone else, we'll be back right after the break with the second half of the internationally syndicated last Christian radio show with J.D. Williams and T.L. Farley. Everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week I'm playing brand new songs from We the Kingdom, Cody Carnes, Katie Nicole, Travis Cottrell, and so much more. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sean Michaels and get ready for this weekend's two-hour time travel trip as we head back to relive some of the biggest classic Christian hits of the past. This week, Toby Mac talks about the Jesus Freak album. Zoe Girl looks back at their biggest selling project and Andy Chrisman takes us inside a For Him classic. Plus, your classic requests are always welcome at 262-3-Rewind. Join me again this weekend for another trip to Christian Music's past on Christian Music Rewind. above the name of God? We learn from Psalm 138, verse 2, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Do you want to rise to the heights of God's word? Psalm 4610 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Join us from the eye of the storm at revelationradio.net Sunday evenings at 7.30 p.m. U.S. Central. Commenting on patience, George Matheson wrote, We commonly associate patience with lying down, but it is the power to work under stress, to have a deep anguish in your spirit and still perform the daily tasks. The hardest thing is that most of us are called to exercise patience, not in the sickbed, 
but in the street. In the conquest of Jericho, the Israelites were told not to sit on their couches and wait for victory. They were told to get up and march while waiting patiently for God to work a miracle. So if you're waiting for a miracle today, be patient. God is faithful and he will do it. Yet be encouraged not to sit in a state of inaction thinking that God will do all the work. Continue to march in faith that God will provide in his time. God tracking is marching with patience in faith that God will act. Drop me an email dudley at surereality.net. I'm Dudley Anderson. Find out more at surereality.net. KRRBDB, Grand Saline, Canton, Mineola, Texas. Here's the latest from the KRRB Newsroom. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. Economists at the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries joined the growing chorus of voices pointing to a slowdown in the global economy for 2023. Ukraine rescue workers have finished their search and rescue operations at the site of a Russian strike that hit a residential building last Saturday. Rescuers saved 39 people, including six children, and 44 people died, including five children, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense said. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy insisted that he always had some questions related to now Representative George Santos's resume amid ongoing revelations about the lies and embellishments by the freshman lawmaker from New York. China's population shrank for the first time in decades last year as the birth rate plunged, official figures showed. That's the latest headlines in 60 seconds. I'm Alan Edwards. Welcome back to the second half of the internationally syndicated Last Christian Radio Show with J.D. Williams and T.L. Farley. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the Last Christian Radio Show. Again, my name is J.D. Williams, and there in Dallas, uh, my good friend and co-host, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. Uh, Terry, before we get into anything else, uh, I've been meaning to mention this, but uh, for the last, like, two or three shows now, um, I have been playing a commercial during that break for your show, and you know I never really I never really called it out and you know and gave you credit for it. Um, I know your wife Karen spent a lot of time putting together the, the the commercial that we run there, and I do encourage everybody to go and listen to Terry's show, which is entitled "From the Eye of the Storm." And that is every Sunday evening from 7.30 p.m. till 8 o'clock Central Time. And Terry, uh, like I said, I never really gave you an opportunity to to talk about it uh, before. And so before we get back into the bad stuff, I want to give you an opportunity (laughs) with the good stuff. Okay. And uh, first of all, where did you come up with the name from the Eye of the Storm? What, uh, who are you trying to reach? Who are you talking to? And what is the purpose of your show? If you can remember all that, then you're doing better than me. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, that was the first thought that uh, came to me was uh, when we talked about my taking 30 minutes on Sunday evening. Uh, I got thinking about it and I thought, you know, what would I like to hear on a Sunday evening? And of course, it took me back to uh, all the many evenings uh, that I've uh, sat in church. And uh, there would be, you know, in the morning, there were thousands of people. In the evening, there'd just be 100 people or 150 people gathered around down front. And it was more intimate. It was more personal. And uh, it was always a wonderful, peaceful, uh, quiet uh, time, uh, very friendly and, and very warm. And where you would learn intimate, deep things about the Lord and about God and about the Bible. And I thought, you know, with all the insanity going on in this world, we need a time to back away and to be still. Amen. And and to know that God is God. He's in control. Um, and uh, even more so as we go along with all of these uh, 
factual reports that we're getting and and that's your job joel you have to you know it would be a crime and in fact it is a crime so many news uh coverage uh, uh places uh, on the on the tv on the internet uh you know the i call them the uber media the over media uh they hold most of the reins they hold most of the control and uh they just don't get the job done uh then you, you can't trust them they all come out with canned uh reports on various news things you can go channel to channel and they're saying the same using the same introduction uh using right. the same words and everything it's just, you know it's not real you know right. so in the midst of, and it should be all the things that are going on as you point out every time in your show about things that are really going on and so i thought you know what it would be nice to go to a place and I've seen these videos, you can find them on YouTube and, and on the internet where planes will fly into a hurricane coming into the country to, to examine it, find out what it's going to be. And they will fly into what's called the eye of the storm. Right. And in the eye of the storm, it's just peaceful. Right. I know we all, all of us <laughs> seek a peaceful place. And that's what it's for. What we do is we concentrate on the Word of God and His promises and, and how beautiful they are. And we read them and we talk about them a little bit and we share them and uh, and we give the addresses so you know exactly where we're looking. Right now we're in Proverbs. Uh, we're coming up to chapter 22, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, today's uh, Saturday. Tomorrow it'll be chapter 21. That shows you see how quickly we move because we're actually planning ahead. Um, but nonetheless, that's the idea. It's going into the eye of the storm with all of the things that are going on and being able to relax and rest in the power and the encouragement, the strength of God's Word. That's Amen. what we're doing. Amen. And again, that is from the Eye of the Storm. That's each Sunday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Revelation Radio. Uh, it's also on all the podcast uh, stations and, of course, on YouTube as well. And I do encourage you guys to tune in and listen. Terry's got a great show. He does a great job of that uh, every week. And, uh, Terry, I know, you know, that's the good stuff. You know, and, and mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted to give the audience just a break for a second for, mm -hmm. for the good stuff, because there's a lot of bad stuff, unfortunately. Oh, and, man. you know, OK, so, you know, we, we talked about in the first half of the show, you got a, a kind of an idea of the tensions that are going on there. Mm -hmm. And again, the attack on a United States of America military base. I just can't get over that one. But, you know, yeah, that's going on. So what does it mean? I mean, how? Why am I so sure that we're we're headed toward World War Three? And again, I called it. I say we're going there. Um, opinion, please understand this is opinion. Yes, and I, I forgot to say it up to this point. I have to, otherwise YouTube gets upset. I am a member of the U.S. Press Association. Any clips I play, I'm allowed to play those, and the people that I play know that I play them. The uh, the the first two were by Eric Steckelbeck uh, and his channel. Uh, on YouTube is the Watchman newscast. I encourage people to subscribe to that while they are also subscribing to our channel, and that's at Revelation Radio KRRB. That's at Revelation Radio KRRB. Subscribe, like, uh, comment on. And by the way, we had a guest on. All he did was write me. And say, you know, hey, I'd like to, I've got a disagreement with you. I'd like to be on. We scheduled it and we had three shows with him, not just one, but three, two of which were an hour in length. So anybody out there that wants, a, wants to get on here, wants to debate an issue with me or talk about something with me and Terry, let us know. We'll be happy to get you on. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to pay attention to this one. I just named this one. It's called Alliances. Listen to this. Big question. The timing. Why now? Why now does Ellie Cohen say, hey, I'm going to visit Ukraine and we're going to, it seems like, kind of solidify the, the relationship with Ukraine. Why now? I think the main reason is really simple. And Ellie Cohen reportedly discussed this on the phone today with his Ukrainian counterpart. Israel is trying to build European support against Iran. Remember, 
Iran and Russia, as we detailed again on yesterday's live stream, closely aligned in every way, in particular a growing and dangerous military alliance where, as we reported yesterday, Russia is now set to supply Iran with 24 advanced fighter jets in a few months. At the same time, Iran has equipped Russia with more than 2,000 attack drones that Russia has used in Ukraine. That's a growing relationship, a prophetic relationship, if you think of Ezekiel 38 and 39, that war of Gog and Magog. Uh, at the same time, Europe is strongly considering, as we reported on the newscast, I believe on Monday, Europe is strongly considering designating Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps as a terrorist organization. So I get the sense that what Israel is doing right now with Ukraine is saying to Ukraine, hey, you need to line up with us against Iran, and in particular, push your European allies, Ukraine, NATO, the EU, to do it, to make the jump and to designate Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps to abandon any thought of a nuclear deal with Iran and to enforce new sanctions, perhaps. So I think that is some of the rationale be behind Israel's move here. But the bottom line, folks, again, Russia will not be happy. And I believe Russia and Israel are on a diplomatic collision course. They have been for months. We've seen the unraveling in real time of that relationship, which I think, again, has prophetic implications. This is no surprise if you're a prophecy watcher. It is no surprise if you are a prophecy watcher, which we are. And you mm -hmm. notice that um, he mentioned Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39. Uh, of course, now, we've put, I, I don't know how many times I've put this up on screen, but it's worth it because it's the Word of God. Uh, and mm -hmm. the Word of God will never come back void. So I'm going to put it up on screen again. And Terry, if you'll be so kind as to read it, this is Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 1 through 8. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against God of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togomar from the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. Correct. And, you know, Turkey is in that group. You have to you have to go back. You have to you know for you people that don't believe me, Google it. Okay, uh, right. lo look at those names and see if it's not modern day Turkey. Okay, uh, mm -hmm. Tur Turkey is named. Russia is named. Iran mm -hmm. is named. Libya mm -hmm. is named, and there are others. But mm -hmm. this all goes into the thing. You you heard what Eric had to say there that. Uh, this will probably anger Russia, you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if uh, if the world starts giving support to other countries other than Russia, and you know, you, you already know about all the sanctions that have been leveled against them as far as mm -hmm. their oil and Russia's economy. As a reminder, Russia's economy is built on oil, natural gas, and coal. That's what they're. Their entire economy is built on. The, the mm -hmm. world has basically cut them off, except for the fact they're being saved by certain countries that continue mm -hmm. to pump a lot of money into buying from them. China, mm -hmm. that's a pretty big country right there, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, China. Yeah. Uh, North Korea is another of their customers. And mm -hmm. Iran is becoming more and more. And yeah, I know Iran has has oil. I know that. But what they don't have mm -hmm. is they don't have a lot of technology and a lot of weaponry. And that's a trade-off with Russia. Mm -hmm. And Turkey, mm -hmm. a NATO nation in name only, has always been against Russia until now. Now we got Erdogan. Who is leading them mm -hmm. and he is the greatest anti-semite in the middle east 
And mm -hmm. his alliances now are turning to Russia, not to NATO. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, the Turkish country is simply a spy inside the NATO organization. Your comments mm -hmm. on any of that, Terry? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and uh, Erdogan doesn't make any secret of his feelings and his beliefs and his intentions. Right. Uh, you know, I you know, it's just it's just he's blatant about it. Right. And uh, so I don't think we're not like divulging any secrets. Uh, we're just happening to agree with what he's saying in public. And uh, and we're saying we hear you. We understand what you're saying. Well, well, I'm glad we hear him. And we understand what he's yeah. saying. The yeah. problem is <laughs> that we have leaders throughout the world, one of them sitting yeah. in Washington, D.C., that doesn't have the slightest the clue House. what he's saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, well, you know, I'm not going to let Republicans off the hook. I'm not. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. Uh, there's a lot Especially of there's a lot the of Especially yeah. the rhinos. Well, you know, and one of them just happens to be the Senate majority leader. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You know, he's, I agree with you completely, and that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's been my opinion. It's gotten stronger over the past couple of years uh, watching yes. him uh, and, and what he's doing. And, you know, the, the thing is that most Americans no longer support us just spending money like we could just print it and, and send it. Most Americans are against doing. exactly what they're doing, you know. And yeah. so uh, anyway, uh, I see nothing but trouble ahead. But, you know, again, I'm predicting world war here. And mm -hmm. I don't know when it's coming. I want to make that clear. I'm not I'm not saying it's tomorrow or next week, next year. I don't know. I do say it's imminent. But there's something else that's imminent that we talk about all the time, and that's the rapture oh, of the church. Yeah. That's imminent, oh, too. Yeah. Okay? Amen. So, again, I don't know where the rapture fits into this. I really don't. Mm. I don't know if it comes mm. before the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 17 and the destruction of Damascus. I don't know if mm. it becomes before or after Ezekiel 38, in which Russia brings that coalition of nations down against Israel. But I do know it's hap It's going to happen. You know, I just don't know that. I just don't know the order. And the reason I don't know the order is because the Bible doesn't give me the order. That's the only reason. Okay. But I'm going to play one more clip for me. Again, this is Eric Steckelbeck from the Watchman Newscast. And this is something, it's, it's really kind of scary. We'll, we'll talk about it after, after you all listen to this. Pretty clear, these, this was either Iran itself sending Iranian-made drones, or more likely Iranian proxies in the region, in Iraq and Syria, these various Shia militias that are controlled by the regime in Tehran. Why now? As I mentioned at the top, it's been a bit quiet since October, at least for U.S. forces when it comes to these Iranian drones. Not for the Kurds, who've been bombarded with Iranian rockets and drones over the past few months in northern Iraq and Kurdistan. Not for the people of Ukraine, who've been bombarded with Iranian drones supplied to and used by the Russian military. But for U.S. forces, they hadn't been targeted. Why now? Well, I think, folks, it's two very simple reasons. Number one, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is in Israel right now. He met yesterday with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, and Foreign Minister Eli Cohen. And the main order of business in those talks was Iran and how to deal with Iran's nuclear program. So you have to think the Iranian regime is sending a message in that regard, number one. Uh, number two, members of the Biden administration, in what is actually a good thing, in the foreign policy realm, which has been few and far between for this administration over the past two years, as we've documented here in the newscast, members of the Biden administration who've been obsessed with reforging that nuclear deal with Iran have said recently that the deal is off the table. Uh, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, said the deal is essentially dead right now and Iran had its chance and Iran blew it. So. Iran also, this is a form of extortion or blackmail that Iran has conducted many times against the West in order to bring the West 
and the U.S. in particular, back to the negotiating table on that Iran. So many times, I mentioned blackmail and extortion, folks. When Iran, when the regime wants something, it will act out and lash out. And it's basically saying to the West, if you don't come back to the table, this is what you'll get. There's no telling the chaos and havoc we will cause in the Middle East and beyond if you don't give us what we want. The big question as we go here, will the West give Iran what it wants? And I say they will because they have every other time. You know, um, if you look at our history, the United States of America's history with Iran, we will talk a big game and then we want to go into negotiations and all that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. uh, the negotiations are always good for them and bad for us. Every time, 100% mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. Why do we keep doing that, Terry? Why in the world do we keep bowing down to a regime that kills its own people, that persecutes members of the Christian faith, that say death to Satan and death to the big Satan, which is the United States, death to the little Satan, which is Israel. Why in the world do we negotiate with these terrorists? And that's all they are. Iran is a terrorist country. End of story. Why do we do it? Yeah. Because uh, they're politically uh, ignorant uh, and uh, they're, they're caught up in their own little dream world. And so they think they can play footsie with Iran, uh, and you can't. Uh, Trump didn't, uh, and he kept them at bay while right. he was in office. And whoever gets in in 24, uh, the Lord willing, if we are here that long, and if... Uh, uh, if we get in, uh, if the uh, conservatives, the Republicans, the uh, those who are uh, awake and wide, not awoke, but awake, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we can get this thing turned back around. Um, but, uh, you know, if, it, if this particular administration continues, uh, there's no hope for America. I hate to be, I hate to be so drastic about it but i don't see how there can be any hope for america this is my opinion uh with uh, the present company in charge of the of america uh, bankrupting us all the way all the way to the bank and away from the bank yeah well you know um i think that this is all coming to a head because it's going so quickly and, you know, we, we, we've said it many times, and that is that the Bible is clear that once this stuff gets started, that things are going to happen fast. And mm -hmm. every show, you know, every show that we come on now, I can always come up with a bunch of news stories about how things are going bad. But they're going bad like really quick and like right now, within a week. I mean, mm -hmm. these things that are mm -hmm. happening within a week's time, you know, and that mm -hmm. is so different than the way that the world has been before. Now, Russia mm -hmm. has, uh, I think we put this in the last show, they have a mm -hmm. new submarine that is capable of carrying nuclear weapons all the way to us all the way here to the United yeah. States, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so, obviously, if they can get over here, they're already right in Israel's neighborhood. They're already in Iran's neighborhood. You know, they're there mm -hmm. right now. And they uh, now this guy, Medvedev, uh, who is the... Uh, he's second in command in Russia. And remember, I brought him up in the, in the, in the first half of the mm -hmm. show. Again, his quote here is, is something that people just really need to pay really close attention to. It says, the defeat of a nuclear power in a conventional war may trigger a nuclear war. Now, again, this is the former Russian president, Dmitry Medvedev, who serves as the deputy chairman of Putin's powerful Security Council. And he said nuclear powers have never lost major conflicts on which their fate depends. 
that's kind of a you know it's it's a way of saying you know superpowers never lost before we're not going to be the first one that's just not that that's not even going to happen uh Medvedev mm-hmm. said NATO and other defense leaders that are due to meet at Ramstein Air Base in Germany uh, to talk about strategy and support for the West's attempt to defeat Russia and Ukraine should think about the risks of their policy. That's a pretty di- mm-hmm. that's a pretty direct threat from Russia's number two, wouldn't you think? Okay. Um, Putin cast Russia's special military operation in Ukraine, in Ukraine as an existential battle with an aggressive and arrogant West, United States, and has said that Russia will use all available means to protect itself and its people. That, again, in my opinion, is a direct threat of the use of mm-hmm. nuclear weapons. What What's your opinion on that, Terry? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, and, uh, you know, the conversation is heating up. Uh, and it's it's just, you know, it's kind of a one-upsmanship kind of a thing going back and forth. And um, the Russia seems to be carrying the ball most of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I know, would, I would I'm argue. Looking, I'm looking for those books. <laughs> yeah, I would argue that Iran is carrying a lot of this because Russia yeah. is, is low on equipment and Iran's got a lot of it. So, you know, that coalition is getting closer. Uh, Russia, Iran, and now add Turkey to it, um, and Jordan. I hadn't heard Jordan brought up before last week, but all of a sudden now they're a major player. So, you know, yeah. there's more and more more and more and going on. I want you to listen to this guy, and I don't know if you know anything about the Russian Orthodox Church. I don't. Okay, I'll say that no. right off the top. But this guy's Patrick Krill. The head of the Russian Orthodox Church, he said, We pray to the Lord that he bring the madmen to reason and help them understand that any desire to destroy Russia will mean the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Today is an alarming time, uh, is what the state news agency RIA quoted him as saying, and he says, but we believe that the Lord will not leave Russian land. Well, I got news for him. The Lord's not going to leave any land, Russian or not, okay? The Lord is in control of the land, and he will decide what happens with the land. So yeah. uh, anyway, all of this stuff is coming together, and it's coming together really fast again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see all of the plotting and the planning about what we're going to do to save the Ukraine. And it all comes down to this. United States sending money and now sending equipment. Um, The U.K. sending money and equipment. All these different countries are sending all this stuff to go against Russia. So we're basically fighting a proxy war with Russia. And based on the fact that our base was just hit, a United mm-hmm. States of America base, and all we did is say, well, that's unacceptable. Well, I don't see that as a great deterrent. And I believe no. that the time is coming, and sooner rather than later, in my opinion, that Russia strikes some, someplace in NATO. Now, it may, not be, it may not be Russia in name, but it's going to be Russia in proxy, or you know, it's going to be somebody that's attached to them if it's not them directly. And I also say nothing's going to happen, not a single solitary thing. What's your, and by the way, we're just about out of time, so go ahead and wrap it up, Terry. What, what do you think? Are, are we headed to war or not? Uh, yo, absolutely. We're on the verge of it. And, uh, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. America's not going to do anything. Right. That's what's sad. You know, they'll put money out there. They won't put themselves out there. Amen. Um, Well, yeah, it's coming. It's coming fast. Remember, you heard it here first. And if we are allowed to have another show, we'll be back at 7.30 p.m. every Tuesday 
Thursday and Saturday evening at 7.30 p.m. right here on Revelation Radio, everywhere else. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We can use the help in getting the message out. Until next time, everybody, good night, and may God bless each and every one of you. Go to church somewhere. Amen. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here on Revelation Radio. And don't forget to join us every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central for The Last Christian Podcast. Now available on all major podcast platforms and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds.